Hello San Pedro podcast episode 70. Hey, I'm Amanda. And I'm Jess. And this is the Hello San Pedro podcast. Join us as we talk with locals, community leaders, business owners, and people like us who love all things San Pedro. Every week, we'll explore San Pedro's deeply rooted culture, discuss local issues, and spread good vibes. Let's get into it. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Hello San Pedro. I am one of your hosts, Amanda Silva. And before we get into the episode, we really wanted to do a Patreon shout out. And this is for all the patrons who are supporting us at patreon.com slash hello San Pedro. We have three new patrons this week, Lee, Jennifer, and Marissa. Thank you guys so, so much. Honestly, we are like blown away by the immediate support. Um, Those of you who are listening want to um, learn more about Patreon. Um, this is where you can get access to bonus episodes, which will include extended interviews, some juicy content, um, Facebook deep dives, just some extra stuff um, that you might be interested in. And we hope that you enjoy them. Um, yeah. So again, that's patreon.com slash hello San Pedro. And now I'd like to introduce our guest, who, by the way, is just an incredible human being, such a kind soul. Um, we are so honored to have to have him on the show, and his food is incredible. Like his food is amazing, and I cannot wait until the day he has a brick and mortar here. <laughs> um, so our guest today is Nikki Saunders. He grew up in the East Coast. He has an awesome story about how him and his wife um, came to San Pedro, and he'll tell you all about what he's doing right now. So. We hope you enjoy, and yeah, we'll get right into it. Uh, my name is Nikki Saunders. I'm uh, owner-operator of Bodega Raval here in uh, San Pedro, California. Um, and I was hoping you could tell us a little bit about where you're from. Of course, yeah. Um, I'm actually uh, born and or from the East Coast, so I'm from Western Massachusetts. Uh, usually when I talk to people out here, they're like, oh, Boston? <laughs> I'm like, actually, uh, I'm from Western Mass, so I don't have an accent, but... Um, yeah, a little uh, city called Springfield, Mass., and uh, moved out here to San Pedro 10 years ago. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we're going to get into all of that. Like, I can't wait to, to see hear your journey. How it, <laughs> yeah. to hear your journey. It's a fun one, yeah. Um, first, what was it like growing up in Massachusetts? Oh, uh, Massachusetts. I mean, where I'm from, Western Mass., it's uh, very um, Italian, Irish Catholic, blue collar. Uh, we're right on the Connecticut River, so Connecticut's right below us. Uh, Connecticut River runs right through Western Mass. So a lot of paper mills. Um government uh city workers but um like i said very blue collar um but it was it was amazing um mom and dad raised us <laughs> really you know i mean we were very family oriented uh where sunday dinners things yeah. like that and uh you know i was reading that so you come from an italian portuguese yeah, yeah. background so, right I'm italian so. portuguese uh i would say I'm more, you know what I mean, celeb- or celebratory and traditions of, of my Italian upbringing, but uh, yeah, Italian Portuguese, yeah. That's so cool. So like delicious dinner all oh my the God. time. Yeah, yeah, all the time. Mom, mom and dad, both great cooks, but you know, majority of the time from mom and always on Sunday pasta, Sunday sauce, and um, but like so lucky. We didn't eat a lot, a lot, because we didn't need to, because yeah. uh, we always had good dinners at home. 
Okay, I'm throwing this in there. This isn't yeah. in the mix. But what is your favorite childhood dish that you remember eating? Oh, my God. Okay, so this is kind of not strange by any means, but like Saturdays were our kind of we went to the grocery store and got our fresh deli meats. So like a, a Saturday sandwich was like fresh deli meats, fresh wow. bread, oh, like man. sandwich was, was yeah. always something for, especially in the summertime. It was so good. But um, one of my favorites when you're sick, uh, you had pastina and eggs is like. Mm-hmm. Italian what is, penicillin. <laughs> what is that? Pastina is a, a little tiny, tiny pasta. Pastina is a star. So there's tiny star oh, pasta. Yeah. So it's like chicken stock cooked down, but you cook the pasta in chicken stock. Then you crack an egg into oh. the, so it kind of turns into like an egg drop soup because you're just yeah. stirring around and the egg's in there. Oh then a little bit of salt, cracked pepper, and then so much Parmesan cheese. Like, wow. oh, and then it's just like mm, savory, warm, and like, Automatically that, feel better. That's definitely Italian style, but immediately I was like, "That's sopita for us, right?" Yeah, is it? Say, yeah. So <laughs> we're Mexican, it's fideo or sopita. You know, I make it for my son, the little star. So I'll ask him, "Do you want ABCs? You want stars? You know?" Yeah. Um, but the the that's definitely Italian yeah. style because yeah, yeah. the egg and the cheese, mm-hmm. <laughs> the yeah. Parmesan. parmesan. Yeah, so much Parmesan. Like it was like, all right, there's Parmesan in there, but then they're like more, and then it's like all of a sudden it's stringy out of the oh. <laughs> out of the soup. Oh, it's unreal. But I like extra cracked pepper because I just like. Kind of like that extra oh, crack top, but always yeah. when you didn't feel good that was what you had to feel better okay so that kind of leads us like into the next question which was how you got into well i we read that you were in the hospitality industry for many mm-hmm. years mm-hmm. so how did you get into the hospitality industry okay so um i mean i feel like it's a normal thing uh especially maybe more east coast or where i was from but like your first job was kind of like your mm. family friend's restaurant where okay. you're a bus boy or a hostess or like a bar back or something like that so um i was a bus boy at a local italian restaurant family-owned italian restaurant called salvatore's and i was just kind of like enjoyed it loved the extra money and it was like yeah. i was 16 years old i didn't know i mean i didn't know anything before that i mean I, I mowed lawns and i tried to work at summer camps and things like that but like this was my first job job and then i just kind of kept on going with that like get an opportunity as a server i actually went to uh johnson wales which is in providence rhode island and that's mostly known as a culinary school but i didn't go for culinary I actually went for hospitality, so I went for sports, entertainment, event management. Oh, cool. But I played soccer there. So um, I recruited to play hockey, but instead I went and played soccer. Um, And all my teammates were all culinary students. So, like, the structure of the school is you had a four-day school week, and they get Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. So, because everyone was hospitality or event based, so you got your weekends off, so you can go find a job at a restaurant, so find a job work. thing. Oh, right. So all my teammates were all culinary students; they all got restaurant jobs. I was like, "Can you get me a job at front of the house? Because I'm not in the back of the house type right. guy." And I was like, a serving, and and then I just kept on going. And out of school, I always, I went to get my career, which is like events and things like that, which is technically still kind of service and hospitality. Yeah. But I always kept a restaurant job. Like it always just like a little extra coin on the side. I really love just like the personal person contact, talking about food, talking about drinks. And I just kept on like I never left it after that. Even though I had a full time job, I was always have a couple shifts here and there, bartending yeah. or serving. Mm-hmm. Did you ever like go to the back of the kitchen and kind of like help with the garnishing so, or anything like that or my first for like at salvatore's i was uh, uh i still wanted to figure out what i like so i always kind of hung out in the kitchen and like yeah. saw like the vibe of the like essentially the chef line or like that's the where line. all the energy oh, is. My, it's, yeah. it's so much energy and so much like anger but like you look out for each other too like oh it's, it's a family a, it's a brigade like literally they call them brigades like you have each other's back but you also give each other a little yeah yeah 
So um, I actually did a little bit of dishwashing. I mean, that's kind of like a off put of that. But um, I did kind of like salad and prep a little bit then. Um, I've never been back of the house like proper online um, mm-hmm. fry cook fry like fry right. station a little bit here and there or apps or something like that, but not like full blown. I've always just loved like being with face to face with the customers and sharing yeah. that knowledge because I'm, I'm I'll talk to a wall. Like I'm, <laughs> I love talking to people, especially Perfect. about things. Yeah. Yeah. So for me to be front of the house, I always just like lean that way, but I'm always cooked at home. So like, I was like, do I want to make a job out of cooking? Because I cook all day at home. So. Right. But uh, yeah, so I, w- I was always front of the house, but I had my little spats of back of house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Okay, well, that's cool. Um, I'm curious, like at what point then from there did you end up coming to San Pedro? Okay, so this is so fun. All right, so I, you know, I was in, I went Western Mass or my entire life. My stint in Rhode Island for college, which I stayed there for like an extra couple of years, just hanging out and like finding my way. Uh, came back to Mass, got my job. I got a promotion within that job uh, in the events business to um, go be the marketing manager for an arena in upstate New York. And I did that for a year, and I was like, it's fine. I just don't like being away from home. It was weird because I was like, I don't like being away from home. I'm like two hours away. Like, it's nothing, <laughs> It's a nothing trip. But I was like, yeah. it's such a New England-like thing. Oh, yeah. this half hour is way too far. I'm like, <laughs> now it's such a different thing. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I just want to be home again. I miss my family and everything like that. So I moved back home, got in a restaurant, like quit that industry, and went back to the restaurant industry almost immediately. Went to the, one of the old restaurants that I worked at, my standby, like that taught me so much. Max's Tavern, big ups. Um, <laughs> Shout out. Yeah, that's right. So, and then I kind of got back in the groove of the restaurant business and I was like, all right, I have a cousin that lives in California. I've never been out there. I got to go check it out. Aww. So I went on my like soul searching trip to Florida first and then to California. And I got to California. I was like, this is dope. I love this. Okay, so you went to visit your cousin. Where was he living? So he was in Pasadena. Okay. Um, his wife's an actress. He's kind of just like a floater and a kind of guy that does a little bit of everything. It was like social media was still new, so he was like crushing a social media type game, like oh, wow, um, consulting yeah. for people. But he just he they just live low key. Like she's an amazing chef, so she like cooked for me. But she was an actress, so I went on some like sat in audition like waiting room and just like oh, i know that person from this show or, oh my god oh, it, it was like such like a pick me up in the airport and that's what we did yeah. and i was like this is very california oh, that is yeah. so the ideal wild. california experience yeah and then <laughs> it, it was honestly like and then they were like oh we're gonna go to this cool show and it was like downtown and the old stock exchange and it was like it was an unreal show like four different types of bands all like facing each other and i'm like this is every day for you guys this is crazy so all in all, like I read a couple books and just hung out and ate well, and I went home. I was like, okay, I think I'm gonna go live in California. So like went back home. I'll save some money for a year, and uh, go back to California. So when I got back to the restaurant I was working at, uh, my now wife uh, had moved back from New York. So it was her last day of training. So she had been there for like a week, and it was her last day of training, and I was her trainer. Yeah. So like, oh. she walked up to me and I was like, oh hey, what's going on? Like um, I'm Nick. I'll be training you. Uh, she was, I just back from my trip to california she's like oh my god i'm i just moved back from new york i'm in fashion if i don't live in new york i'm gonna move to california i said oh my god you should probably hitch around me because i'm moving there like just joking around like <laughs> flirty but like you know i not love crazy. this so much <laughs> <laughs> um soon after uh we started dating after that and then less than a year from us meeting because we met yeah less than a year from us meeting we moved to california together oh my gosh yeah 
Hey, Jess here to let you know about our Patreon. If you like what you hear and want to support the podcast, visit us on patreon.com slash hellosanpedro. Here you'll get access to bonus episodes, which will include extended interviews, personal stories from our guests, and a lot of other juicy stuff that you won't get on the main feed. This week, for example, Nikki tells an awesome story about him and his wife and how they traveled to San Pedro and their long road trip, as well as some other personal stories. Subscribe on patreon.com slash hellosanpedro to hear more from our guests and a little something something. Hope to see you over there. So, uh, and then we're driving here, like our final like leg of the thing. We're dri- I only knew a little bit, like I only did my little research about San Pedro. Not but you guys knew you were going to come. But when you were coming to San Pedro, yeah, we had a, a family friend who had a house here. So we're, she was, wasn't doing well. So we were going to come watch her and watch over the house and everything. Fortunately, she passed before we got here. Mm-hmm. So uh, the house was, you know what I mean, uh, it was left to someone. So they're like, go wa- go take care of the house and then we'll figure it out from there. I was like, cool. And our goal was just to stop there and see where we wanted to live. Right. So you're, you, but you did say your wife was from from here. Originally born here, yeah. Born so in she San was Pedro. born in San Pedro. Like, and she had family here still? Um, No. Okay. Uh, she had a family friend here, okay, and, that, and that's about the gist of it. Yeah, okay. just a family friend here. So mostly disconnected, but there was some history. Correct, there was some history. She's been to the house that we were because that was a family friend's house. So she's been to the house several times oh, that we wow. were coming to. Yep. So our like last leg coming over Long Beach over the two bridges, like I'm like looking around and the the, the navigator's like, "You are two miles from your destination," and I'm like, "It's foggy because it rained the night before, so the the what's it called hasn't burned off yet. The yeah, yeah. fog hasn't burned off yet." And I'm looking around, I'm like. Sarah, where did you, we're in Jersey. Like, where did you bring me? I see the port. I see, like, the right? refinery. And it's just foggy and gray and nasty. I forget how industrial it looks. It's super industrial. Because somebody who is not used to nah, it. No. Because, yeah. like, we don't have anything really, indu- we have we have factories, but they're, like, brick buildings, like, where I'm from. But, like, when I went down to Jersey, I was like, yeah, this is, this is industrial. Right. But yeah. then, like, we pulled in, and the house is gorgeous. And then nighttime came, and I was like, oh, this is beautiful. Like, it's, like, industrial, like. The lights look like stars, and I'm like, this is kind of cool. Industrial chic. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> so, so like, okay, cool. So then we, like, we settled in. I yeah. do. I am thinking. I'm like, the bridges are gorgeous. What's, why are you looking? But I do know there's that in-between where it's, like, you're right in the refineries, and, the, yeah, it does look very I, I, We came over that. So we came over the old, because it's the old mm-hmm. first bridge. Or right. From Long Beach, I should say, first bridge. So we came over that first one, and I was like. And then you hit Terminal Island. I, did, I like, And I don't know anything about the history of Pedro yet or, and, or all of it's, like, soul yeah. and everything mm-hmm. so i'm coming in i'm like what and it's the, the moment it said two minutes from your destination i just looked at sarah i was like where <laughs> are we are you kidding me and then we hit over the vincent thomas and i was like okay i see some coasts kind of vibes so all right let's do this but it was so funny yeah. so throughout your road trip coming over mm-hmm. um did you have any expectations or did did like your your um I guess girlfriend at the time yeah. like did she explain to you kind of like oh this is what it's gonna be like or no I mean yeah, what was the game plan so <laughs> <laughs> did she so just get in the car Sarah, and show up Sarah like I mean she was five and younger she she had memories of Pedro but not like being brought up in within Pedro so I only did like my google search my wikipedia kind of findings and a little bit of this here and there but not like the like the in-depth type stuff and I'm kind of a, a guy I'm a history buff and I like bring that kind of soul into kind of what I enjoy doing. So yeah, it, I think everything is layered that way. So um, I only as much research as I could. Um, but like, no, I didn't. 
really didn't know anything what I was coming into. I know like our plan was just like, all right, we'll set up base in Pedro. Right. San Pedro, you know what I mean? Until yeah. I figured out <laughs> what it actually was. Yeah. But uh, we'll set up base and we'll figure out where we want to live. I know there's, we know it's Hermosa, we know Manhattan, we know of the names, we know Long Beach. We know we're familiar with things we, we want to look at to right. live because our plan was not to live here. But then the opportunity came and we're like, all right, let's just, let's do this. We really liked it, so. Do you remember the first time someone corrected you on the pronunciation? I don't remember. Okay. It could have been in Temecula. I think it could have been, uh, well, because the family friend that we were staying, he was like watching the house before. Oh. So he had his daily ritual of going to have a drink at Godmother's and then going to the house and making everything sure the grass is watered and because he was doing business everywhere. So he was kind of watching over the house. Yeah. And I think we said San Pedro and he was like, Pedro. Remember that? And I was like, okay, <laughs> all right, gotcha. You're I was like, initiation. I was like, that makes no sense, but okay, okay. I guess we'll figure it that why that is that. So, um, so I guess I'm curious to know. So, where did Bodega Raval begin? Okay, <laughs> um, Bodega, rather how? Yeah. So, um, we went our honeymoon to Spain. So, um, we did like uh, twelve days or so. Yeah, we did Barcelona. Madrid and Sevilla. So we did three pretty Amazing. pretty great cities um, and spent a lot of time in all of them. And just going there and like engulfed in like the food and wine uh, culture of those specific, those three cities, but like Spain in general, it was just like this makes, like in working in the restaurants your whole life, right. you, I'm always assessing and always kind of absorbing, especially kind of like service wise because I really enjoy the service aspect of it Mm -hmm. i was like this is amazing like this makes sense this you eat small you eat a couple different places no phones are out everyone's just talking having a great time it's a very drink culture so it's like people are drinking no one seems too crazy drunk but everyone's you know having a great time and eating amazing food and i was just like i think i could do this i think we could do this in 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 pedro like i can do this in la but i definitely do la but i think pedro can is like and then um, I came back and like immediately started like writing stuff, like doing more research on this because we only went to three cities and there's so much more right. to that. So doing my research on Spain uh, and and I've always wanted to open a restaurant, like that's always been kind of like on the back burner of like I think I can open a restaurant, I think mm-hmm. I can open a restaurant. And now it just kind of started. All right, let's try making some of these dishes that we had over there, or just doing more research on the tapas uh, culture. And then through my research and research and tests and stuff i was like all right this is getting kind of cool so i was kind of like locking down stuff and then uh doing research i found the l we were right by it we were in barcelona but it's the el raval neighborhood in barcelona so the el raval neighborhood is the old chinatown so and um it's right by the port of barcelona it has a real kind of shady past where it's like used to be pirates and crooks and thieves and artists and pirates and i was like Sounds very familiar, right? Yeah. To Pedro, <laughs> I was gonna say, but then yeah, I see the parallel. Yeah, and like it's like a, it's got an edge to it. Like it's so it's got a little edge, and then but at the same time, like in the past, like five or uh, ten years or so, it had a little bit of a renaissance. So now there's museums there, there's dope restaurants, uh, the culture like there, but it still has that like little edge to it too. Yeah, where it's like you shouldn't go there, but it's worth it when you go. Like right. It's su- it was super cool. I was like, Raval, that, and I love the the sound of it. It doesn't mean 
quite anything. Okay, I was but it's just ask if yeah, they, it doesn't yeah. really have a meaning. It's just raval. Like it's almost like an a, like they have it as like an attitude, and like they call themselves ravales, and like oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, and bodegas are so here they're more like shops or stores. Yeah, bodegas in Spain are uh, usually restaurants that mm. prior to used to be like wine shops. Mm. So um, wineries are called bodegas, like where they actually make the wine. But like they have like partnered uh, bodegas that sold the wine or bottle wine, oh, uh, like back in the day. And yeah. then when those wine shops kind of turned over, they needed more revenue, and they turned to restaurants. They kept the bodega, so it was like it's either bar this or bodega that or someone's last name. I love I love the story behind your name. Yeah. Like that is so cool because yeah. we were like, where did that come from? Yeah, yeah. But yeah cause I know bodega in like New York is very similar to like a liquor store, right? Yeah. Like, right, right, you know, right. Exactly. But, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. and that's and, and that's the thing. Like, even because it's such, um, people are familiar with tapas. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Americanized. The term tapas got very Americanized, where it's just small plates. It just means small it doesn't. Plates. It just means small right. plates and shareable. So, like, very traditional tapas and pinchos. Pinchos is for northern Spain. I'll tell you more about. We were that. gonna get into it because yeah. I was like, I yeah. need to know more. <laughs> and that and that's the thing. Like, um, so tapas are really just like one or two bites of, of something. It's a small thing on a plate or on a stick, or and it's very small and. Um, and or, there's traditional dishes, like yeah, specific. They're definitely, yeah. I mean, you can do any now because of what the culinary industry is like. It there's modern, there's oh yeah, and there's modern uh, tapas from taken from all different types of cultures. But there is definitely a staple of traditional tapas that are done in certain in certain places of Spain, but mostly all over Spain too. Um, but like with Bodega Raval, because of obviously the name and explaining what traditional Spanish tapas are. And service uh, wise, how it's a little bit different from what people are used to, not just small plates wise, but not like a sit down restaurant. Um, It's going to take a lot of uh, explaining, but like it's always been my fun, the fun part of my job to be like, let me tell you a little about everything else. It's immersive. It's engaging. Like, yeah, engaging 100%. Like, all right, this is the style. Like, you, I wouldn't order everything all at once because then it's all going to come at once and they're going to have a big plate, a big table of tapas that you don't want. Hang out. Chill, have a glass of wine, order tapa. He'll come out. Order another tapa if you like another one. You know okay, I mean? so it's Quick. like as you go. Just yeah, enjoy you want two? Yeah, have two. We'll get the plates out of your way. Another one will come after you order another one. Like enjoy yourself. I love that. But also, have a drink, have a tapa. All right, we'll see you later. All right, we'll be back. We're gonna go have our our, our meal uh, across the street, or you know, I mean, down the down the road, we'll grab a couple of drinks somewhere else. Maybe we'll be back around. But like in Spain, it's it's easier because every place is a small bite. So you go, you have a drink, you have a tapa. You go to another place, be your tapas crawl. Right. Pop, you know what I mean? Yeah. Pincho. Um, what is here, a pincho? Okay, so a pincho is uh, northern Spain, specifically Basque country, which is San Sebastian. Okay. So um, it's a different culture where pincho actually means to skewer. Okay. It really is very similar to a pop tapa, but it's like one bite. A lot of pinchos are uh, a combination of three different flavors on one skewer. So like the most, the first pincho was only done in like 1965. And it's called the Gilda pincho. It's named after Gilda um, Hayworth. Uh, the movie she's in, Re- oh. Rita Hayworth. Sorry, Rita Hayworth and the movie Gilda that she was in. Oh no way! Because she yeah. was like a little salty, a little spicy, and a little uh, savory, I should say. <laughs> so, um, which they had a contest in all the whole bar area. So the Hilda Pincho that won is a ancho, uh, sorry, a salt cured anchovy, 
a manzanilla olive and a, a guindilla pepper. So the guindilla pepper is kind of like a Spanish um, peppuccini pepper. It's got a little oh, spice, a okay. little brine, and then the briny olive and then the salty thing. But it's like three flavors in one. You have it. You're like, mmm. And you eat it and all at once. All at once. Okay. And then and it's and then it you like have to drink. A, it's honest. Yeah. It's, it's on a, a skewer. It's on a toothpick essentially. Yeah. Okay. A larger toothpick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So everything's just like on a large toothpick. And yeah. Now you just one bite and then. And there was an actual contest for... In like 66, yeah, 65, 66, there was a contest between all the bars. All right, who's going to make the best pincho? We're, we're, this is the pincho concept. What's the best pincho? And that's the one that won. And that's known as like the OG wow. pincho, yeah. Okay, so the guidelines were there, but you can kind of be as creative exactly, as you want. Exactly, yeah. So like there's pinchos with cheese on it. There's pinchos with chorizo. And in San Sebastian, the service style is a little different where you don't just... Um, order from a server order from a bartender and then it comes back from the kitchen they do have some of that but everything's laid out on a bar mm-hmm. so the bar's there and there's platters of all of their tapas and pinchos oh, wow. and you just go up can i have one of those and one of those and you sit and have your drink and the bartenders are kind of the servers too and they write down what you have as you go and at the end okay i have uh three or four toothpicks how much do i owe you and it's like it's like honor system yeah and they're like oh what do i do with the trash just throw it in the ground Oh really? What? The dirtier the pincho bar, the better the pincho bar because more, <laughs> more people, people go there. Actually yeah, had it. it's like it's going to gar- it's like going to a barbecue or a, a nice and the dirtier that like go to a barbecue yeah. spot when there's napkins and peanuts and all that the kind of peanuts. Yeah. That's what I think. Well, of, yeah, I'm like thinking of like bar. I'm thinking of like a, a Mexican taco stand. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, Which right. like the ones that are kind of like there's how a many lot Coke of stuff. So yeah, much. how many yeah. Coke bottles? How many? Like you know that one's popping, right? The ordering style and display reminds me a lot of like sushi, like if you go to a sushi house or like dim sum, you know, when you're like selecting. Yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. That's definitely. so cool. Yeah, it's really cool. So well, I'm curious to know a little bit about um, your trip there. And okay. like, was there a specific experience or meal or tapa or pincho that you had that kind of like sparked the idea of like, I could bring this. Were or... you inspired immediately off the air, like out of the airport? Oh, or almost, like, almost. What, what was so that So there's a couple different occurrences that happened. Um, one of them, so vermouth. Um Vermouth is an ingredient in a lot of cocktails here where it's uh, sweet vermouth especially, which is like in a Manhattan, um, in a dirty martini, or sorry, in a dry martini, it's a dry vermouth. Um, But over there, they have Spanish vermouth, uh, which is sweet still, and it's red, um, but they serve it on tap, and they just put it over ice and with an olive and an orange, and I learned about it very quickly, and it's a low ABV, so it's like, doesn't get you... Like, you can have a lot of them, and it helps you right. digest. It's like a pair of teeth or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it helps you digest, so it helps you eat the food better, but it's so delicious. And theirs is, like, a little bit different than the sweet vermouth kit, but not much different. Um, but, I mean, sweet vermouth is just, it's a white wine that's caramelized. It's colored with caramel, fortified with a little bit of tiny bit of booze, just to make a little bit higher ABV than wine. And um, essentially with herbs and spices and things like that, it's, it, it gives a lot of flavor. Um, so that's, I mean, that's purely, so essentially you're just drinking kind of a, a, a great drink out of the tap. So they have it on tap everywhere there. Oh, wow. So that's something I want to bring to Bodega Rolf. So the first one I had there, I was like, this is game changing. Um, so I have in my, and had in the tapa here and there, tortilla espanola is, um, I brought one actually, so we can have some. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's potato, egg, onion, <gasps> and salt. And that's it. It's Yum. so simple, but it's like, it looks like a big fat quiche, Yum. but it's like, it's savory it's sweet in spain they cook in the morning they have it for breakfast lunch. like they have them at home but they have them at restaurants too and it sits on top of the bar you cut a slice you can have it warm you have a room temperature it's unbelievable that it's like amazing. such oh it's so good so i had one of those and that was like my vermouth and my tortilla experience it was wonderful 
Um, I remember in Sevilla one night we were uh, we were walking like just around like two o'clock, two thirty, coming out of the place we were staying, and it was packed, packed everywhere. And I was like, I think uh, siesta just ended, so everyone's coming back. People were probably supposed to go back to work, but everyone's at the bars and like spilling, like sitting on the outside tables standing at like stand top tables just talking and like i said there's no cell phones in sight and like just drinking and talking and it was unbelievable like i was like this is i was thinking i was like this is weird <laughs> but i love it so much yeah. and the last one uh sarah was actually pregnant when we were there so um she went to bed early and i was like i'm just there's a bar around the corner i'm just gonna go check it out real quick so i walked in i got my vermouth um and i turn around and it's like a jazz like what's the best way to put it like there was people just sitting watching a couple people play jazz, but then like the people in the audience had instruments too. So randomly they'd like jump in and like add to the jazz and then just sit back down. And oh then gosh. like someone else would jump in and I'm like, this is, what is this? It's like a jam session. Oh my God. It was like just a, a communal, cool, yeah, oh, it was what? a communal jam session and everyone's drinking and eating and, yeah. and it was like 11 PM. And it was nuts. It was awesome. And I was like, mm, this is pretty cool. That is amazing. Yeah. I love that. Did Je- you- I was going to say, have you ever been to Spain? Or I have never been to Spain. And that's kind of what I was going to ask was like, how did you guys decide on Spain being the place for your... So my cousin that um, I stayed with in... Pasadena. In Pasadena, yeah. He was just like, you guys are going to love... It. You guys go- I know Italy's on your list of travels to go. You can- you'll go to Italy. Try try Spain out. And I was just like, oh. it was always like an itch that I had. I was like, yeah, it's kind of low key. Like everyone talks about Italy. Everyone right. talks about France. Here, everyone talks about Croatia. Yeah. I was like, let's try let's try Spain out. And I was like, hooked. <laughs> I want, I need, and I still need to go all the other spots. But I was like, hooked. Yeah. yeah. I've been to Barcelona mm-hmm. and Madrid mm-hmm. and Toledo. Okay. And Barcelona was gorgeous. Yeah. I love it. I loved all the art. Mm-hmm. Um, but Las Ramblas mm-hmm. is the place that yeah. I just... I was like, oh, I love it here. I wish. And so my my memory from from there is eating really good food. Mm-hmm. And I don't even remember what it was called. I just said, bring me the thing that's popular. And it was delicious. No, that's, that's the 100% thing to do. Best way to order. Yeah. Yeah. A glass of wine, mm-hmm. um, which I could drink. It was in high school, but I could drink it there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then um, buying a dress. I went to buy nice. a dress and I still have it. And it's my Spanish dress. And yes. I love it so much. That's amazing. But yeah, you're inspiring me to take a, yeah. to take a trip. Um, so I'm curious to know. So like the inspiration was there mm-hmm. when you were there. Mm-hmm. You came back. Mm-hmm. How long soon after did you actually start like so when workshopping? I went, when I was there, um, I was working in Manhattan Beach at Rock and Fish. And kind of just like I was AGM and bar manager there. So I was kind of like started just like instituting some Spanish style drinks mm. into the bar program and that kind of just like sparked a little bit more and then as I'm like closing down shifts and stuff I start like starting my alright here's the dishes that will work here's some drinks that will work here's the vibe that I'm going for right. Pinterest is the best right, love Pinterest yeah. so easy so good here's the, here's what the exterior is going to look like okay okay here's what the bar is going to look like oh wow like, from like here's everything a couple tiles. oh yeah I, I get real dreamy real quick yeah and um so I just kept on like playing with that and just and then absorbing more and more knowledge of the culture there. And then just as that more culture or or tradition or foods that I researched, I was like, all right, this is kind of a well kind of marriage with Pedro and the way that people are like, here's a weird things that's working out. Uh conservas are tinned fish. Yes. Yeah. So I've conservas are huge in Portugal and Spain. They do some of the best tinned fish in the world. I'm like 
this could hit out of the park and Pedro because they're so familiar. I mean, they work, they tend the fish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They know it. They worked mm-hmm. the, the sardines. There's a history they here. There's history yeah. here for yeah, us. Absolutely. Um, so I was like, I'm going to work that in the menu. I mean, there's already a couple classics that already have it, but then they literally just like open up a tin of fish, add some bread and crackers on the side, some olive oil, and they're like, that's Set your, to go. Like, yeah, $7, please. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like a meal. So, like, and then the little, th- like, all right. So in Barcelona, uh, if you walked down Las Rambas, if you went all the way to the end, you would have hit Raval. You would have El Raval. Really? You would have yeah, just ran right into it, which is wow. funny. Mm-hmm. But right at the end of Las Rambas, at the beginning of El Raval, mm-hmm. there's this uh, old, or not old, uh, it's a statue of a big, like, fat cat. So it's, like, um, very modern, but it's, like, every aspect of the cat is round. And it's a black cat. And I'm like, this is, like, the Pedro cat. Like, you find the Pedro cat. Like, uh-huh. I just finding mirrors. Yeah. And then, like, I found a picture of the Barcelona a port and then our port and i'm like if i put these next to people that live in pedro they probably wouldn't know that which one was which and right. it's like little things like that and like oh what was another like same same thing it was just like the storefronts and the culture and all that little stuff like yeah. here and there it was just yeah. like this is, this is working out so it seemed familiar and you were did. brand new there yeah. yeah and like when i get on a run of like being passionate about something it's hard to like get it out of my system so i'm, I'm and then i know that that's feeling us. yeah oh yeah <laughs> about oh, I'm sh- yes. i know that feeling and, I, and like that's why i was like it's like was, an itch and you're mm. like i gotta do it and, and someone else has to know about it too i yes. gotta tell people about yeah. it which is it's such a good thing to have um and and share with other people too like to see people as passionate about and you too are it's so nice to have. So in our comeback episode, we yeah. totally talk about how Pedro is like a little Mediterranean coast, right. you know, and like the similarities. Also, the people here, the you people. know. Yeah. Yeah. The mix. Yeah. Absolutely. There's so much of an influence from the, yeah. from Europe, from Eastern oh, Europe. So, from I mean, about, yeah. you get the Italy, obviously the Croatia, but like even just driving down through Palos Verdes to get here, you're like, all right, this is, oh, this, like, is the where Medi- am I? Yeah, this is the Mediterranean, <laughs> yeah. right? And then you get down here, you're like, oh, yes. and there's a walks of life from everywhere. It's on See, this why I love this place. I love this place. And then when we meet people like you, we're like, oh, we're not crazy. No, other people no, you're like right. Us. And I'm not like, I'm not even like old, like old Pedro. I'm not like Pedro Pedro. Like I'm like coming in like. You're kind of a newbie. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> new, yeah. I'm like, all right, this place rocks. Like even we went, uh, like River goes to Tabor Street, my son. Um, mm-hmm. And like. Everything is important as far as like um, I don't know the word I'm looking for. Either way, uh, so like we pick them up. I'm like, you know, I'm a white boy. We have my wife's white, and we're white people. You know what I mean? But like the eclectic colors of Taper Street, I'm like, I'm so happy he goes here. With the school I went to, I was uh, I was that minority. I was black, Puerto Rican, and the whites were minority when I was growing up. But then high school, I went to Catholic school. Then it was it like flipped yeah so what a fun like to get both sides of that like right. my upbringing I, I was very happy uh even through my parents and my si- my older sister to be well-rounded where I got to see both yeah, of that instead of just like all one way or all the other way yeah and then when we have river that goes to taper and I'm like he's like first off he's completely blind to that which makes me so happy like everyone's his friend yeah. and that's so so great to have right? yeah. but even if it, it wasn't like that like he got he's getting to meet everyone and learn about everyone else's culture too right, which is yeah. so great right now mm-hmm. and i'm really really like excited about that specifically in san pedro we're yeah. not stuck in a place where it's all just, one thing or wall all just another. mentioned how like the diversity here. i don't think i really noticed it but she's also like a newbie as well yeah, oh, yeah? new here how yeah long? just moved like two years ago really awesome. so cool. yeah very new welcome to the hood thank i can you. say that i know thank yeah. you. <laughs> you i think you've earned your I, card in new york it's like 10 years you and wanna, you become a new do you want to know how like i kind of like when the the list or the kind of the checklist thing that you sent me and it said 
uh, five years or lower. I was like, <laughs> I'm 10 years. So I'm like, <laughs> but I wasn't quite born and raised and I wasn't quite born and moved away. But I was like, well, I've been here 10 years and I'm not that five year one. So right. I'm all right. <laughs> You're good. Thank you. Um, I'm curious. So at what point, because you moved here and now it's been what, more than 10 years? Or oh, about two, 10? 2012 we got here. So 10, yeah, yeah, 10, 10 this years. This is our 10th year. Okay. Yeah. So um, at what point did you start to like realize like, wow, like this Pedro is amazing, and I actually want to, like, set roots here. Um, like, so, this is home. Yeah. It was, I don't know, it was probably, like, year three, two or three. It was just, like, this This place suits me. This place suits us, and I think we suit it, too. And it was a place, like, I've always wanted to live in a, in a city or town that, like, I felt like I could make an impact on. Mm-hmm. And working at all those places, like, you, it's such a small town and within a big city, but, like, you meet, you meet the same people over and over again. And when you're trying to be an entrepreneur, like my wife and I uh, are and do, uh, it was so important that we felt like we could make an impact on the city as well, mm-hmm. especially with what we're passionate about. So it was nice to be in a place where you're like, okay. If we opened, if we went to downtown LA, there might be a handful of people that know us or, or, or Santa Monica or anything like that. And we might not make it, it might just be like, oh, look at that new place that's right there. But like in Pedro, I've been working on Bodega Revolve for five years and I'm like, you're, you're the guy that's trying to open a restaurant, right? San Pedro seems to be this magical place that allows entrepreneurs to really like pop up and make their dreams happen. It just feels like the community embraces it and really totally. lives it. Um, okay, so I want to ask, what is the thing that you love? Well, let's go into let's go into the negative first. What are some concerns you have about San Pedro? Okay. Um, I mean, it's always the concern of any city that you're like, all right, crime. And mm-hmm. right now, the unhoused, obviously. Mm-hmm. But even over the past like month since things have been... Uh, we had the encampment uh, around my house or across from Blotchfield mm-hmm. um, that's gone now. So that, I mean, that's been amazing. So, but this is a small improvement of that, but I, I always want to see people be placed where they can heal. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that is on the right path and people are taking advantage of the opportunities for them. Yeah. Obviously crime kind of goes hand in hand with that. And what I'll tell you, when we first moved here, um, it would be every other week and I still ended up loving it. Every other week was a helicopter or a street was closed. Mm-hmm. And I mean, since then we had one yesterday and it was like, that, that was the first one I've seen in a year or two years. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. we used to not be able to go down our street a lot because they had to shut down, but it's been such an improvement. So, I mean, yes, those are concerns. Also, it's, I don't want people to hate me for it, but uh, a lot of San Pedro, San Pedro inns, they don't want San Pedro to change, mm-hmm. but they they want it to be better. And I'm like, they can't be both. They kind of go hand in hand. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's like, like I feel like I'm trying my best to do with Bodega Revolve. It's like, yes, you kind of marry the two. Like you dedicate as much as you can to the pride and the tradition and the soul of Pedro while showing them some new stuff. Mm-hmm. Like... Pedro will always be Pedro, but if you want it to get better, it's got to at least adjust. Don't change it completely because that's not, then it won't be Pedro. Yeah. Maintaining the soul of it. Right. Yes. And soul is so important. So, yeah. And I think that's one of the main things that I've probably seen the toughest thing, but it's not, it's not a detriment by any means. It's, if anything, it's a pride and 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 something to be proud of, Mm -hmm. uh, to love your, your city that much. But it's definitely, um, people have to get out of their own way a little bit too. 
Mm-hmm. That's all. That's a, yeah, that's a good answer. Um, okay, what are some things that excite you about San Pedro right now? I mean, clearly the growth of what's going on. The people are, through this pandemic, has definitely brought out the people who are hungry and ready to show this is what I like to do and I'd like to make it my life. And there's others that are coming out to support them, which is awesome to see. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I have my little, my little nook of food and beverage where I see our, our I would I call it a team because everyone's rooting for each other, which is awesome to see. Uh, but like, I mean, just people like um, pasta makers, sourdough, you know what I mean? Spice makers. Uh, there's so many local people who are who found their niche through the pandemic and now are building from it and they're going to build up pedro with that so it's so good to see and then in the same part there's bookstores there's clothing stores there's all these other ones opening up as well and see the local support that is great so i mean i think i think the local pride and this local support is one of the most positive things i've seen in a long long time which is nice it's very tight here like yeah very tight i mean like like they have their edge still but they're they're they, they show up. up. Right. It's always good to hear when people say that because I've been, I mean, like I grew up here, so I don't know any different. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> so. I get it. No, it doesn't happen everywhere. It yeah, does it not. There's still small towns that, I mean, every small town has its drama too, but uh, there's small towns where they don't know their neighbors mm-hmm. or anything, you know I and that's not like that here. Um, and I mean, I think where I'm from, like you have your neighborhoods within it that are super close knit, but it's broken off a lot, especially in the past, I mean, 15 to 20 years where people live their own lives now. They're like so stuck in their rails that they forget about everyone else. But I, I don't feel that here as mm-hmm. much. Like, all right, everyone, you need help with something? All right, I got you. Like, yeah. it's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's really awesome to be a part of it. Yeah. It's the community. Yeah. yeah, just on a side note, we were just smiling because we were like, that's the goal for the first launch of the few episodes is talking specifically about that like Good. all the people that have like popped up emerged in the last, like during the pandemic and found their passion we totally have seen it you know oh, yeah. and like it's been awesome to watch like on instagram all yeah. these people coming out of the woodwork where they're like hey i make this you yeah. know and yeah hey i'm selling this thing that i you know yeah. that i'm really good at yeah you know? and i was like yeah figure it out yeah what is the ideal and i think you touched on it a little bit but what is the ideal bodega raval experience sure um so Bodega Raval, obviously, it's small. I don't want a big restaurant. Uh, small, convivial, which is like, you know, I mean, community-based. Everyone is, you're not specifically at a table. You're not specifically at um, the bar itself. Everything's kind of open. So everyone's kind of with each other in, in the same sense. Um, sharing a different cuisine that's really not, you don't see a lot of places. It's so f- similar and familiar like there's not a lot of different ingredients that you've never heard of, but it's done in a different way where it's like and eaten in a different way. And then service. So like the knowledge of everything and the way it is served with like absolute honesty, absolute gratitude for coming in and um, the confidence of the quality that of what the product is. So um, coming into a small bar type atmosphere. So it's a very bar community. A bar atmosphere that has mostly high top tables, a couple of small banquette, small bistro tables. No, there's outdoor dining, so outdoor dining is obviously going to be a part of it. But I don't want anything more than, you know I mean, 1,200 square feet tops. And most of it is going to be back of house. So it's going to be a bar, some side rail to rest your drink while you eat your tapa and give the plate back, and a banquette, and some outdoor dining. Just ultimate, like, conversations with who you're with, and then talking to someone else too what are you having all right cool we're gonna get one of those too 
but like I said, service driven. It's a lot of showmanship that goes with uh, the service of some Spanish food, whether it's uh, how bath cider is poured from a height, they pour it into the glass. So the bubbles hit the glass and it gives more flavor to it. Uh, there's a parón, which is a drinking vessel that's kind of a globe with a spout and, and you fill it up with wine and you drink it. Oh, wow. sheets in your mouth. Yeah. And you pass it to a friend and then they... Oh my God. It's like, it's like uh, I remember slap a bag. It's yeah, a wine, with wine box. bag. Yeah. yeah, it's a box of wine. You get the wine bag. <laughs> and, you, and you shoot it down and you slap the bag. It's like that, but a little bit more adult. Yeah. That's all. Uh, but things like Classier, that. You know, with yeah, a little, 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 little glass bottle. Yeah. So it's nice. But, you know, I'm very of like font- a beer bong right now. No, yeah, a little bit. It's like the wine beer bong, yeah. So it's very much um, a casual atmosphere where you, you know what I mean, a little bit of hip hop, a little bit of punk rock, but has enough quality wine, beer, spirits, and service to balance it off. Yeah. Yeah. What is the stage that Bodega Raval is? So right now, I'm at the stage of I do pop-ups. So um, I cater some parties, which I've done before, which is a ton of fun, some special events. Um, and for the most part, I pop up on first Thursdays at the Art Walk um, in the back of my wife's shop at Round Trip Collective, 617 Mesa Street. Um, but she has a small patio in the back. So I set up a table and I uh, prep all my foods and then I bring them and I finish them uh, back there. I just have like a little saute pan or a toaster oven. And the greatest part about the tapas is they're fairly simple. So uh, the structure of that right now is $5 a tapa. So you get some tapas, $5 per I pour a glass of wine. I kind of do like a reverse thing. In Spain, when you uh, buy a drink, you get a free tapa. Oh. Some places. Um, I'm kind of doing reverse. When you buy a tapa, you get a, you get a glass of wine or some bubbles, some, something like that. I love that. Oh, it's so great. It makes it fun and easy and loosens everyone up. Um, for the restaurant itself, it'll be structured as a three-tiered um, menu. So like five, or $6, $9, $15. And it all depends on like, not quantity-wise, but like, how nice the food is in each section. So uh, a simple recipe is called pan con tomate, which essentially is bread, rub with garlic, olive oil, and tomato pulp, and beautiful sea salt. And it's like Catalonia is where Barcelona is. That's the region of that. It's how they used to uh, save stale bread. They used to rub it with garlic, olive oil, and put a tomato and just rub the tomato on it. And then they're like, all right, the the bread's fine now, and but now it's the dish. Now it's like a national dish. Oh, my God. That's great. Um, no, no. The tortilla española, which is the potato, egg, olive oil, salt, and fried. And it's beautiful, delicious. Um, bocorones are, um, sorry, a vinegar-cured anchovies. So it's just like a white anchovy. So they're usually brown. They start brown, usually. But the um, acidity of the vinegar turns it uh, white. So it's a white anchovy. It's like tangy, salty. A little bit sweet, and then but then you have that beautiful uh, anchovy flavor because they're just beautiful anchovies. Yeah. Yeah. That um, sounds delicious. Oh yeah. Um, so right now you're doing pop ups. So right first now I'm Thursday. doing pop ups on first Thursday. Uh, cater some events, special events, things like that. Mm-hmm. And I am on the hunt for a brick and mortar. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting! Do you yes. hear that, anyone? <laughs> you got a space. I have, I have a space that I have in mind. Hey, rock. <laughs> <laughs> I have a space that I, I have in mind that might work. 
Um, but now I'm at the point where my business plan is done. My financials are done. I know everything I need to execute it. I just need investors. Oh my so gosh, that's yeah. the toughest, toughest part about it. Yeah. Uh, getting to meet the right people to show them what you want, convincing mm-hmm. them that it's the right thing, convincing them that they'll make their money back. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, I hope that this can be like a, a good sounding yeah, board smart, for everybody. Yeah. You know, Hey, investors out there, yeah. if you're looking for a really good business plan that we all want. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, well, that kind of brings us to the next thing. Where can people find you? Where can investors get a hold of you? <laughs> yes, of course. Um, you can always find uh, follow on Instagram at Bodega Raval. Sorry. <laughs> um, I have a website. Um, there's a mailing list on the website. So that's Bodega Raval SP.com as in San Pedro. So Bodega Raval SP.com. Uh, call me. That's fine. I'll, I'll take texts. I'll take phone calls. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is uh, 413, still my Western Mass number because I ain't leaving it. 244 <laughs> um, or email at uh, com. Awesome. Yeah. We'll have all that in the description Perfect. notes for the show too. Sounds good. Yeah. So thank you so much for coming in today, for sharing with us your story. Um, we're so excited to get it out to the to the masses. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Know. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's been mm-hmm. an absolute blast. We're very excited to taste your food. Too. Yes, I <laughs> know. And the passion shows through, and well, I'm good. sure that always comes through in the food too. Good, thank you. So, I appreciate yeah. that. Thank you so Amazing. much. Amazing. Till next time. Yes. That's all for our episode. Follow us for more on Instagram at Podcast. Huge thanks to Rock Ashfield at Palm Realty Boutique for providing us such a gorgeous recording space. And thank you to all of our amazing Patreon supporters. Leave us a review and share this episode with your friends, neighbors, and coworkers. See you next week. <laughs>